Have any of you ever needed a letter of recommendation? I mean, have you ever had to ask somebody for a letter of recommendation? And, and, and we're trying to be very wise who we ask for these letters of recommendations, right? Like, you don't want to ask the professor that you skipped half their class. You don't want to ask the employer that fired you. How about this? Have anyone ever asked you for a letter of recommendation? Has anyone ever asked you for a letter of recommendation that you wish they hadn't asked you for a letter of recommendation? Because it's like, you want me, are you sure you want me to write this? Because I'm going to be honest, I don't lie, so are you sure you want me? My wife was telling me the other day that uh, somebody was, was telling me, I can't believe I asked my teacher for a letter of recommendation, and, and they actually told me, are you sure you want me to write it for you? And I can't believe they said that to me. And she, as the principal, looked and said, oh, sweetie. I think your teacher is giving you an opportunity to get your grades up before they write you the letter of recommendation. How about, I, I, I don't know if it's happened to you, but sometimes I get asked for a letter of recommendations from people who don't even come to our church. I'll get a random message and be like, I know I haven't talked to you in 15 years, but I need a pastoral letter of recommendation. Would you fill it out for me? No. Oh, I'm applying. I'm going to put my kids in this Christian school, and we need a pastoral reference letter. Go talk to your pastor. But you're my pastor. That's news to me. <laughs> Man, letters of recommendation, and we need them for everything. Go rent an apartment today in today's economy, in today's thing. They ask you for letters of recommendation. Some of the letters of recommendation I get asked to write right now in this type of year, in this market that we're in, is I'm applying to, to be accepted by this homeowners association to be a renter, and they need a reference letter. Now, what if I were to tell you that you and I are living, breathing, walking letters of recommendation? It sounds a little far-fetched. It sounds a little crazy, but it's in the Bible. Watch this. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, and I'm going to read it in two translations. I'm going to read it out of the New King James first, and then we're going to read it out of the ESV. But look what it says here, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, verses 1 through 3. Paul writes them and says, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Look how it says it in the ESV, the English Standard Version. It says it this way, starting in verse number one. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. This is what Paul is telling us. This is what was happening. People were talking about Paul. People were saying there's fakeness. This isn't what's supposed to be happening. But people experienced the change of the people of Corinth. 
And their change was a living, breathing letter of recommendation to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I tell you this morning, you and I, we are letters of recommendation. So let's ask this question. When the world reads us, do they want Jesus or do they deny Jesus? Let that sink in for two seconds there. Because our lives are constantly being read. Our lives are constantly being read. The world is reading us, literally. I mean, I know you've probably heard it throughout years. People say that you might be the only Bible that somebody reads. But the Word of God teaches us and tells us that we're to be a living letter of recommendation. I, I got this um, little article that was sent to me the other day, or I don't remember how I came across it, but it was talking about being an authentic Christian and being a real Christian. And, and it said this, imagine that you had something on your phone that randomly triggered that you had to snap a photo of what you were doing with no filter, with no caption, with no nothing, and post it online. What would happen... If at 12.54 p.m., your phone automatically snapped the snapshot of what you were doing and put it online? What would happen if at 3.32 in the morning, automatically, there was a snapshot? Perhaps of you sleeping or perhaps of you doing something you shouldn't do in a place where you shouldn't be, but walking in on Sunday morning trying to fake it in front of everybody else. But God knows. My wife and I were at a wedding yesterday. I was officiating the ceremony, and it was at the Hard Rock. It's really interesting because I've driven down down the turnpike a gazillion times, and I've always wanted to go to the Guitar Hotel. I never want to go again. As I was walking through, holding my wife's hand, to go from one area of the hotel to the side where the reception was and the thing was, part of my prayer was, I hope nobody sees me here. (laughs) As you're literally walking through the casino and have to wash your hair because of everybody smoking. I'm being honest, right? I'm just being honest with you. I'm just being authentic, right? It looks so freaking cool from the outside. I had no business being there. I was there for a wedding, but you understand the point I'm making, right? But sometimes we find ourselves in places doing things that we know don't please God. And we try to be one way around certain people, and we're a different way around certain people, and we don't invite the same people to the same places so that my work friends don't meet my church friends because if they meet, they're going to know I'm a fraud. Sorry, I didn't tell you to buckle your seatbelts. Buckle your (laughs) seatbelts. Our lives are constantly being read. They're being read by the clerk at the grocery store. They're being read by the person that you cut off with a beautiful little fish sticker on the back of your car. (laughs) I think I've shared my story. Some of you never heard, I've not heard it, but I, 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 I was, um, 
The Lord has delivered me of a lead foot. <laughs> Y'all know my favorite movie's Top Gun. One of my favorite lines is, I've got the need, the need for speed. And I remember when I was much, much younger, I was talking to somebody today, and they told me their age, and I was like, bro, I graduated from college before you were born. <laughs> and when I was much, much younger, and I had my cool sports car, cherry red. I was really cool. I had a six-disc CD changer in the trunk. <laughs> Those of you that don't know what CDs are, it's okay. It was these circular discs that you put in the trunk, and if you needed to change a CD, you had to pull over. And I had all these cool stickers that I would put on my car. I, I had the, the little cartoon character that was on his knees praying in front of a cross. And, and I had the fish and I had all these things. And, 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 and I thought I looked cool. And, 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 and I would, you know, I know how to weave in and out. NASCAR was my favorite sport. So I, I, I'm, I'm going and, and I'm teaching Sunday school one Sunday morning. And a parent comes up to me and says, hey, I saw you on the road this week. I was like, you should have said hi. She's like, I couldn't. You cut me off going about 75 miles an hour. No, it wasn't because of Patty. I changed my car way before. I knew Patty at that point in time, but we weren't dating. I wasn't living all the time the way that glorified God but I was being read all the time by everyone around me. And you and I, as these living epistles or these living letters of recommendation are being read all the time by everyone we encounter. And the question is, does it give a good recommendation or does it give a bad recommendation? What does it get at the end of the line? Will we get a five highly recommend or will we say a one that says, ah, I don't want to think so much? Let's flip the script for a second. Can you remember a Christian that you met? Perhaps when you were a baby Christian, perhaps when you still did not know the Lord, that you looked at them and you saw them and said, that one is real and they really love God and I see what God has done in their lives and I want what they have. You read a letter. You read an epistle. And sometimes we read some that we're like, mm, not so much. But the question is not, how is it in others? I want us to introspectively look at ourselves and say, what are the typographical errors in my letter? What are the things in my letter that need adjusting? What are the things in me that are not pleasing? What are the things in me that if really put under the microscope would look and say, I need some fixing. You know, I love that the passage says, if we go back to it, you are an epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. And then it says in verse number three, clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God. I want you to know this this morning. We cannot write our own letters of recommendation. The Holy Spirit does the writing. I don't know if you're a notary, maybe somebody, anybody here notary? You got the little stamp and stuff? You can't notarize your own document. You can't write your own letter of recommendation and sign your name on it. 
which is why Paul later in the chapter says, I, don't, I, I can't sustain myself. I'm, I'm not somebody that I can do it. I'm sustained by God, by the grace of God. It is the Holy Spirit who does the writing, but it's as we spend time with him that he's able to write in us. Is that we spend time in his presence, as we spend time in the word, as we spend time in prayer. Those are the things that are going to allow the Holy Spirit to do the writing for people to be able to see the difference. What does Jesus tell us? In Matthew chapter 5, if you go with me there for a minute to Matthew chapter 5, he's talking to the disciples, he's talking on the Sermon on the Mount. And he says in verse number 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? I mean, can you add salt to salt? No, as a matter of fact, it says that it is good for nothing, thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, if you don't have it highlighted in your Bible, I encourage you to. Look what Jesus says. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Listen, when they read you, when they read me, and they try to say, wow, but you're so good, and you're so awesome, you turn and say, no, it's God who has done the work in me. It's not me. But sometimes we're afraid of shining our light. I remember years ago, someone coming to Jesus and in that love, first love fervor, telling all her co-workers that she had come to Jesus. And she got to church the next Sunday and she said to me, Pastor, I have found so many of my employees, my fellow workers that are believers too. That's so exciting. And I said, no, it's not. And she said, what? And I said, it's very sad that you've worked there for 18 years and didn't know that any of them were Christians. Because many times we are one way here and one way somewhere else. But we need to strive to be the letter of recommendation of who Jesus Christ is everywhere we go every hour of the day, in every post that we do. And listen, if you're on social media, I'm not saying that every single post needs to be a Bible verse. As a matter of fact, my social media post, if I post, it's about one of my kids or about my wife or something of the Lord. I, I celebrate my kids. I honor my kids. I, I, I spend time with them, and, I, and, and those are things. And, and part of it is intentional because I want dads, I want you guys to spend time with your kids. Uh, one of our, one of our, our, our guys this week, uh, um, we have two drummers on our worship team, and they both are named Mike. It's very confusing. <laughs> so Mike played today, but the other Mike was scheduled to play today. And he called me on 
Thursday, he called me on Wednesday, I couldn't answer, he called me on Thursday, we finally got on the phone, he's like, Pastor, I wanted you to know, even though I'm scheduled, you know I honor my commitments, but I already spoke to Sister Damaris, I switched with the other Mike, because my daughter's team made it to the competition, and I'm going to go watch her, and I, you know, my words to him was like, thanks for letting me know, I am proud of you for stewarding your relationship with your girls this way. It's time for us men to prioritize God, our spouse, and our children. Talking to the men for a minute because we are responsible for our families. And will be giving an account to God for what we did or what we didn't do. So if you're in this room, let's get it. Sharpen each other. Push each other to be the best husbands, to be the best fathers, to be the best uncles, to be the best grandfathers. And if you're single, start letting the Lord sharpen you now so that when he gives you his princess, you can steward it well. We're called to be living letters of recommendation. If you go back to 2 Corinthians, it actually refers to when Moses, under the law, would go spend time with the Lord and his face would shine bright. And the people were afraid of Moses because his face was so bright. So Moses would put a veil when he went to speak to the people. And as I read that and I was preparing for this, and, and it's interesting because this is a message that the Lord gave me in my daily Bible reading two years ago, and now is when I'm preaching it. But when I remembered looking at that and, and seeing it, I felt what we so many times do, and that's that we put a veil of our walk with Christ when, when with certain groups of people so that we do not offend them. So that they don't feel bad because I'm a Christian. Now let me tell you something. When you are walking right with God and you're walking right for God, people will be uncomfortable just because you show up. So let's stop hiding our Christianity. Let's be the light. We don't put people down. If you've gotten to a point in your life where you no longer drink, don't look and say, oh, I don't drink, and don't be all sanctum. I don't drink, because then or whatever, and say, hey, I have made a choice, but you can have yours. Stop pushing them away. Stop getting rid of the opportunities to show people light. There's a movie that I like. I'm going to date myself with it, but there's a movie called Sky High. Anybody here ever seen Sky High? Only a few of you have seen Sky High? Then go watch Sky High. It's a cute, clean movie. It's the superheroes. Or it's the kids of these superheroes. And they go to this school that is up in the sky because, you know, they're superheroes. And uh, one of the characters, his name is Zack. Zack Attack is what he wants to be called. They ask him, what's your power? And Zack looks and he says, I glow. So they're like, all right, power up. And he's like, I'm doing it. And they're in this like gym that's all full of light. It's got windows, it's super bright. And they're like, next sidekick. And they throw him off to the sidekick area. 
Everybody's like, yeah, you glow, whatever. And then one day, in the climax of the movie, the power goes out. And all of a sudden, in this dark room with no windows and all these things, Zach lights up the room. And the girl looks at him and says, hey, look, he does glow. <laughs> Can I tell you something? We live in the midst of a very dark world. When we walk in, we should palpably glow. But the only way that you are powered to glow is spending time with the Lord. It's like those glow-in-the-dark bracelets or glow-in-the-dark t-shirts that they kind of get charged in the sun and then you walk into a dark room and it shines bright. As you spend time with God in worship, as you spend time with God in prayer, as you spend time in the presence of God, you are charged in such a way that when you go into Publix or Costco or Fresco y Mas, wherever you might go, like when Dixie, I don't even see when Dixie's anymore. They're all fresco y mas. When you go in there, they're able to see the light of Jesus in you. How? Being intentional, looking for opportunities to show the light of Jesus. Do you know how simple it could be when you see that elderly person trying to get a box of water and you ask something as simple as, may I help you with that? And you say, God bless you. And when they look and say, like you, I've heard it a gazillion times, wow, you're, you're, you're just, I, I can't believe it. I don't know how I would have done it. Well, that's what I say. God knew you needed help, so he had me walk by right now. It's not me. Be intentional to show the light at work, in your family areas, in wherever you go. People will change behavior because you're there. It was funny because at this wedding I was at last night, one of the groomsmen was going to give his speech, and he was, he was doing a very, very good job. And then all of a sudden, he said, is the pastor still in the room? <laughs> to gauge whether he was going to say his next phrase or not. As I look at myself... If I need to alter what I'm going to say because there was a kid in the room or my boss is in the room or somebody else is in the room, my wife is here, I probably shouldn't have been saying it at all, would I? I'm looking at myself. I'm, not I'm talking to myself. So I had my mirror up because I'm a living epistle and people are watching and people are looking. And I don't got it all figured out, man, I mess up. Sometimes I got to go back. My, 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 my wife keeps me in check a lot with that. And she'll remind me, you, you know, the pastor hat doesn't come off. And even if it does, does, the Christian hat doesn't come off. We were checking into a hotel several months back and I was submitting a paper and the lady gives me a paper to fill out and it made no sense to fill it out. It was a paper for government employees to fill out. And I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm not a government employee. I, I was going to a church function, so it was a, a, a church room that I was renting, so it had tax exemption to it. And they're like, oh, if you're, if you're doing tax exemption, you got to fill out this form. And I get the form, and I go to start filling out. I was like, ma'am, this is, this is this, I, I'm not a federal government employee. Well, that's what you've got to fill out. Okay. It makes no sense, ma'am. So, so I start filling it out. 
And then the manager comes and I was like, but we're church, this doesn't make any sense. And then Patty's like, just let it go. They want you to fill it out, just fill it out, you know? And I'm, I'm like, but it's not what I'm supposed to fill out, you know? And afterwards, I had to go to the lady. I was like, because Patty was like, you know, you were, I was like, I went, I was like, I, don't, I was like, Look, ma'am, if, miss, I always say miss, because, you know, I want to offend anybody. Person being 85 years old, miss, help me, thank you. No. Hey, I just want you to know, listen, if I came across the wrong way, I'm sorry. You know, please excuse, the, you know, I, I, simple. I didn't get upset. I, I didn't, I probably got red. I, I don't know, because I get red, but. Because I, I start thinking, here's the pastor checking in, turning in a church tax exempt, and giving a hard time to fill out a stupid piece of paper. What were they reading? So I humbled. Hey, I'm sorry. You know what that does? It gives them a proper reading. You know what it continues to say here in Corinthians? Watch, go back to Corinthians for a second. It says in verse 17, the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is freedom. Do you know what happens that we do many times? We hide what God has set us free from. And we try to let people think that we just had it all figured out. And that is a lack of authenticity. And it's one of the reasons people read us and say, that's fake. I want nothing to do with that Jesus. Let's be real. Let's be honest. Let's be transparent. Because we're a living epistle. Let the pride in us be broken away. The arrogance in us be stripped. Look at what the Bible says. Because this is what we people should be reading in us. Go, go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, it says, I say they walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So here's a little side note. If you want to know how to fight temptation and not fall, is you got to be walking with the Lord continuously. You got to remember, right before you do that thing that is dumb, you got to remember Jesus is sitting with me right now. Jesus is watching as I'm filling out this tax form and trying to cheat Uncle Sam. Or Jesus is watching as I'm taking three pens to give it to my kids instead of going and buying them at Staples. Or Jesus is watching when I realized that the attendant didn't scan one of the items, but I don't say anything and say, thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Look what he says. He says, this is what you do. And then he says, the flesh... Lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so you do not do the things that you wish. This is what Paul's writing, like, we want to do the right stuff, but we end up doing the wrong stuff, because there's a fight going on, This is why we want to get right, avoid getting into the temptations, right? And then he continues to say what some of these works of the flesh are. Verse 19, the works of the flesh are evident, easy to distinguish, 
adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. See that and the like is there? Because sometimes we're like, well, it doesn't say that in the Bible. And the like. See, I love it when people tell me, oh, abortion, abortion. No, abortion's not mentioned in the Bible. Yep, but it says that murder is and the like. And the baby in the womb is alive. And abortion is murder. And our country is headed in a really bad direction where so many states on Tuesday voted that it's okay to kill a baby at birth. It's important and the like. Not everything that is sin or not sin is found in the scripture. So sometimes you got to look at it and say, what is it connected to and the like? Then he says, but the fruit of the spirit. So what you need to be giving off and I need to be giving off, what they need to read in our letter of recommendation is this. It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. You ain't getting in trouble for being patient. You're not getting in trouble for loving. You're not getting in trouble for having self-control. You're not getting in trouble for being gentle. You're not getting in trouble for being kind. Those are the things that the letter of recommendation should say. So what happens when someone knows you before Jesus and knows that you were a hothead, that you were a foul-mouthed speaker, that you were a person that was drinking since 7 in the morning, that you were on X, Y, or Z, and now you come to Jesus and you're no longer speaking the same way, and you're no longer drinking the same way, and you're no longer doing the same things. They look and they read and said, this isn't the same book, and you say, because it's a new chapter written by the Holy Spirit. Letter of recommendation for Jesus. So I want us to think of this this morning. Are we making room for the Holy Spirit to write on our hearts? Are we making room for the Holy Spirit to write on our hearts? Are we giving him time, space? Or are we comfortable where we are? See, I would challenge you to do this, and this slide's going to come up and says, the letter of blank. I want you to remind, I want to remind you this morning. It's the letter of Tony. The letter of Jaden. The letter of Ed. The letter of Jenny. The letter of Nelly. The letter of Mari. The letter of Patty. The letter of David. It's the letter of and your name. And as people encounter you, as people encounter me, they're reading. And what is it that the letter of recommendation says? That's my challenge to you and the challenge to myself.
because people are always reading us. Everywhere we go, remember that old little thing? Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are, so we tell them. We are, and they say the name of the team? Let me tell you. We are the Christians, the mighty, mighty Christians. And what does it mean to be a Christian? It means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It means to be a small Christ. It means to be like him. And every day we should strive to be less like me and more like him. Because we're living letters. Come on, worship team, come to the altar, stand to your feet. Father, this morning we thank you. We thank you, God, for your goodness and faithfulness. We thank you, God, for your mercy and your compassion. We thank you, God, for it knows no end. We thank you, Father God, for everything you've done, are doing, and are going to continue to do. And Father, we take the next few moments to apologize, repent, get right with you for many times not giving a good letter of recommendation in the way we live our life, in the way we speak or the way we act or what we do or what we think. Father, this morning we tell you we're sorry, we repent, and Lord, we make covenant with you, God, not with man, not with a church, not with an entity, not with a person. We make covenant with you, God, to make room for the Holy Spirit to write in us, to right our wrongs, to fix us, to restore us, to set us free, and God, we will live a life that will please you and honor you and be a living epistle, a living letter that will recommend you in Jesus' name. As we worship for a minute or two, I want you to just take a moment between you and God and get right with him. Perhaps there's something that the Lord brought to your memory and you received conviction on as this message was resonating in your ears. Use the next few moments to get right with God. Ask him to help take that thing out of you so that you can be a letter that points people to him.